This is Hacker Public Radio. My name is Klaatu, and this is the Networking Basics mini-series, part 8. In this episode, we're going to set up a web server, and we're going to do it internally, because already we've set up a gateway server. We've So we've got the internet going into that and going out to all of our, our, all of our clients on the network. We've got set up a um, DHCP server to actually give... IP addresses to all of those clients so that they can uh, get to each other and get out to the internet and, and stuff that they've asked for on the internet can get back to them. And and then the episode uh, after that, which was th- this past episode, most immediate past episode in the series, we set up a DNS server with the fine Mara DNS server, uh, D- DNS server software, and we also mentioned DNS mask with a Q. Uh, which apparently is sort of an easier version of all that that uses the slash etsy slash host file to 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 sort of emulate DNS server etude and um, resolve domain names to IP addresses and so on. So in this episode we're going to just dive right into web server installation, which honestly after at this point it's just gonna be um, really simple. You're just gonna you're not even gonna know what to do with yourself because it's basically practically one step, but of course we'll make it a little bit more interesting just just because we can. But um, yeah, the, the, the server, the, the, the typical web server install is, you know, something like yum install Apache or something like that. that that's pretty much it. Apt get install Apache 2. And then literally quite literally. If you go to one of your client machines that you've got set up, and you type in the address of that server, which since we have internal DNS running, we can just do slackermedia.local, and suddenly you'll see the old it works greeting. So on Debian, it's a it works page, and it's white with black text, and it says it works. On Fedora, you get a fancy it really works page with lots of text and like explanatory, like, here's why you're seeing this page. Don't panic. This is normal, you know. And you got the little Apache logo. So it's 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 that simple. It's just it's done. It it, it works. Where to find it? Almost invariably, you will find the slash. Um, well, you will find the um, the the folder that contains the stuff that people see when they go in onto your website, which of course really is just a folder on your computer, right? Well, it's not in your home directory by default. It's in slash var, because you want people in your home directory, slash www. And if you look around in there, um, by default, at least on my uh, Red Hat install, there's a cgi-bin, there's an error folder, there's an HTML folder, and then there's an icons folder. I've got no clue what's in the icons folder. But if we go into the HTML folder, of course, we'll see the default um, stuff in there, which right now is nothing. Um, in fact, I believe that it gets forwarded by default to us, usr slash share slash, I don't know, um, something else, usr slash local slash share slash httpd, I think, um, something like that. And the point being that two, twofold, that um, until you put stuff into that HTML folder, all you're going to see is a, it works thing, but that is where you want to put stuff, slash var, slash www, slash html. And the other thing is that the generic name of the Apache 
or the, the web server daemon is HTTPD. So on Red Hat, you don't service start. Uh, you don't service Apache two start. You service HTTPD start, and that starts your web server. Now you can go to your website on a browser. I guess I kind of skipped over that step. Um, on Debian, it would be slash etsy slash init dot d slash Apache 2 start. So it's not called HTTPD. Um, the, the name of the daemon is Apache 2 on Debian. And the users that Apache runs as are different on Red Hat systems versus Debian. I think on Debian it's like www-data or something, whereas on uh, Red Hat it's um, Apache, I think. So um, that's usually, again, quite honestly, that's about all there is. On Slackware it's slash etsy slash rc dot d slash rc dot http d start and that starts the the http server there's not a whole lot more to it if you've ever been on a website and you know how to make stuff appear then you're ready to go you just cd into slash var slash www slash html and you can start making all the files that you want now, realistically, you might want to um, assign like a specific user to to be your web dev user, so that all the stuff in there is being kind of managed by that one user. Um, you might not. It really depends on how you want to do it. I had I I made a group called the um, the design group, and that's the, what all the web developers all, all of them are members of that group. And so when they sign in, they all have permission to change all of this stuff in slash var slash www slash html. Um, that is also where you'd put pre-made things like Drupal, like a Drupal install, or a Wikimedia, or a TikiWiki tiki tiki uh, site, um, whatever. You know, you dump it into your slash var slash www slash uh, html on Red Hat. Um, and, and then when you go to slackermedia.local in your web browser, or 192.168.com, 8.1, port 80, of course, um, then that's that's where you're going to, to see everything. Now, of course, you can do a lot more than just that. And one of the things that you can do is, since we have that DNS server going on, we can make different domains exist on the same box. And one of those places, or, or the place to do that, would be the slash var folder. And in slash var uh, slash www, you can make folders that are the different sites that you want to exist on the web server. Now, you can't just make the folders and have them uh, be different sites. That's not quite how it works. So that is something that you have to set in the, um, a in the web server that you're running. And of course, it is important to note, w since I nearly misspoke, about it anyway, that you can have different web servers running, um, or I mean, you can use a different web server. I'm using Apache because that's the big one that I heard about, and I just kind of figured, well, that's a good place to start. But there are some really cool alternatives out there, like uh, Nginx and LightyPD, um, that you should check out. You know, and try try running those, see if they're better or easier or faster. You know, whatever whatever you want. Now, Apache is kind of nice because it's kind of one of those everyone's going to support Apache, right? I mean, you, you're you not going to find 
that you made a mistake by configuring Apache. You know, you're going to find pretty much that everyone, every pre-built site out there, like uh, WordPress and Drupal and all the wikis and whatever you might want to install in this thing, uh, they're going to have Apache support out of the box. So it's kind of the safe bet in that sense, but at the same time it is kind of, I guess, in a way... I don't want to say it's the easy way, but I mean it's it is the the one that it's the most obvious one. So the um, the place that you'd want to configure where all the domains live and kind of what what's called virtual hosting will actually differ from Debian to Red Hat. Shouldn't really surprise you, but it will. Uh, in Red Hat, it is in slash etsy slash httpd slash conf slash http.conf I just put them down at the bottom of the um, at the bottom of the file because that's where their little demo or their sample text was and and the syntax is the same as Red Hat and Debian Debian actually does this really nicely um, and they they split it up into sites that are enabled and sites that are actually or sites that are available and sites that are actually enabled it's it's really quite nice actually read up a little bit on that if you want because it's um to me that's kind of the way that i think maybe everyone should do it It, it's really quite nice um but anyway in the red hat config at slash etsy slash whatever i said httpd slash httpd conf i think there down at the bottom there's a commented outline that says use name based virtual hosting and under that it says name virtual host space asterisk port 80 that simply says that um that that apache is going to be aware if you uncomment that line that configuration line that apache is going to be aware that there are more than one site living on this box and that they're virtual sites they're they're virtual websites because traditionally speaking i guess a website was a server but apache came along and and maybe displaced that notion with these virtual hosts. So the virtual hosts, uh, f- it's just a pretty simple syntax f- for what I do. It's and, and obviously you can find more complex configurations online, but it's just virtual host, well, uh, less than symbol, virtual host, camel cased with a capital V and an H, space asterisk, colon 80, greater than symbol, s- uh, next line, server name, again camel cased, with a capital S and N. Space www.slackermedia.local. Next line, document root, camel case, capital D and uh, capital R. Space slash var slash www slash html slash www.publicsource.local. And then the next line, you close the virtual host. So it's, it's a little bit, you know, XML-y. So you do a less than slash virtual host camel cased uh, greater than and that closes that that block so you r- duplicate that block as many times as you want pointing each server name to a different directory within your um, within your within your server it's it's done the same way on Debian it's just a different file and then you can place the configurations for each of those websites in either server enabled or I mean yeah site enabled or site available and you can move that file from one to the other to turn the site on or off it's it's really really neat and and quite effective 
Um, I've not really done anything too fancy on Red Hat so far in terms of, of having multiple sites on, on one main box, but it, it is something that uh, Apache apparently you know does really well. So I don't know how other web servers handle that. I'm sure they do, I just don't know how, but that is how you do it. Um, I don't know if we started the server yet. I think we did, right? So it would be slash, well, it would be service, httpd, start on, on, on Red Hat, or it would be um, slash etsy slash init.d apache2 start on, on Debian. And if you had just changed a setting, you would want to usually restart that service. You wouldn't want to restart your computer, obviously. You just do service, httpd, restart, or etsy initd, uh, Apache 2 restart, and that will restart. A lot of times if you're restarting a service and it fails to restart, it means that you've done some typo in the configuration file that you've just changed, and you need to go back, and it's probably, you know, a, a misplaced greater than symbol or a forgotten semicolon or whatever. So the, I guess some of the really common associated services that people find themselves installing with, with Apache, for instance, would be, for instance, uh, MySQL Server. MySQL Server is a lot, uh, like in terms of uh, simplicity and configuration and stuff, I, I equate it in my mind to SSH, because you simply install, you know, you do an apt-get install mysql-server, and it grabs all the associated packages with a MySQL database uh, installation that will then serve databases to various things, including your own Apache server. Um, the reason I'm mentioning this, well, one reason is because it's hugely famous. I mean, the LAMP stack. It's Linux, Apache, MySQL, and PHP. So if you're doing this, this is like a very common kind of activity. And, of course, I mean, any, any kind of internal... Um, site that you're going to install, like Drupal or WordPress or, or whatever, they're going to require a MySQL install, or they're going to want something similar, like a Postgres or something like that, or MariaDB if you want to stay away from MySQL. So, whatever you can get a hold of, database server, um, that's a pretty simple install. You would, again, just remember to start the service, which um, I, I typically, in real life, I remember to do it. I just keep forgetting to mention it on the show, but you do the slash etsy slash uh, rcd, um, or initd, rather, on Debian, init.d slash mysql d start, or on Red Hat it would be service mysql d start, um, whatever. So um, what that gives you is a running, idling mysql server, that you can then do cool stuff with, like MySQL admin, um, you know, create uh, some users, or a user, and then create a database table, and then marry that database table to your Drupal install, or your WordPress install, or or your Coppermine photo gallery install, you know, whatever you're doing with that server, that little local install, you can... um, You'll, you'll have MySQL running on localhost. So if you ever configured one of these through a, a web host company, they usually have their MySQL servers running on some other box, you know, somewhere else in their data center or whatever. And so you're usually putting in on your Drupal configuration, uh, when you're going through that, you're putting in some random string of numbers and letters, and then it's, you know, at some other server, 
and then there's your username and your password and the database name and the database user and the database password, all that other stuff. Same deal here, except that it's not going to be some weird database on some other server. It's going to be the database running on that very server, so it's it's localhost. It's really nice. Uh, it's very simple to set up, and uh, don't forget your MySQL password. Obviously, there are lots of other kinds of servers that you can set up at this point. I mean, right now, what you have got is a server that is the, the, the center of your local network. So you can do all kinds of cool stuff. You can either install more stuff onto that box if it's nice and powerful and you feel really confident about performance, or you can set up another box uh, next to it and put, you know, like a Jabber... Uh, Jabberd uh, server on that, and an MPD server, and you can just run all kinds of cool services on these things. Point at it from your DNS records, and 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 assign it a DHC a, a static IP address with DHCP, and suddenly you've got people chatting on your own internal, fully encrypted Jabber service while writing wiki entries on your internal wiki while listening to music via your MPD server, and it's just really cool. It's it's amazing stuff. So um, if you haven't done this before, and you have, if you haven't been following along frantically with, with all of these episodes, um, you should. You should do that. You should set one up if you can possibly swing that. I mean, I know it requires really to, to, to work the way that I'm describing it. It does require so- uh, hardware with, you know, multiple network cards and, and a switch and, and all these other things. Uh, but, you know, that's... It, it's kind of worth it if you can get a hold of all that stuff. And even if you can't, you might as well try it with, you know, either two laptops to, to whatever degree you can, or you could try it with um, with a laptop, you know, with one network card being the Ethernet cable and, and the, the one that distributes all the information, your wireless card. Or you could try it with... Um, with virtual machines as well. I, I've never tried it with virtual machines, so I can't really advise you on that. What I can advise you on is the the role of routers in, in this whole setup that you've got. So I don't know about you, I don't have switches lying around. Um, re- well, now I actually do, I lied. But, but back before I got a job where there were switches involved, I didn't have switches just lying around. I had like a, a little router from Best Buy or whatever, um, and it, w- it wasn't actually from Best Buy, but you get the idea. It was like one of those little cheap plastic routers, and that's kind of what I used, and and that was that. And that that little router actually was the gateway server, and it was the DHCP server. I think some of the fancier routers kind of have a little tiny DNS server in there. I, I don't really remember. I remember doing a lot of Etsy host stuff, so maybe the routers didn't. But I, I bet you can find some with that feature. Um, but the 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 thing about the router now is that uh, it might be handy, but you you want to turn off a lot of those features because if you think about what it wants to do, it wants to do all the things that you've just set up. So if you if you set up a gateway and you set up DHCP, you and and all that stuff NAT you know, network address translation, the whole nine yards you've got running now on your computer. You don't need the little plastic router that you got from eBay to try to manage all of that for you. You actually don't want it to do that because then you're going to have all kinds of interesting network problems that, you know, 
that everything thinks something else is a different server, or it's going through one router only to get to another router, essentially, so it's a lot of wasted um, traffic there. So make sure that if you're using a router, kind of dumb it down so that it's more like just a, a switch, more or less. Um, it, it, or basically a true router that, you know, it doesn't actually serve DHCP. Um, it's a feature that it does that. It really is. Like, when you need your router to just work and, and magically propagate all these IP addresses for you, stuff like that, it's a feature. But in this case, since we've kind of overridden that, it, it would it would become a, a little bit of a, a bother. So I hope that this um, the, these three episodes in the Networking Basics series have been informative. Um, I will have more, I'm sure, at a later date. But this is about as much as I've got for you right now. So I hope you enjoy them, and I hope that you have fun playing around with servers. And uh, good luck with it. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.